I think this is episode 25, and we have a great guest on the show today, a guy named Jimmy Rex, very successful guy. He lives an incredible life, got a great story, can't wait to introduce you to him. But before we dive into the episode, I just want to mention our sponsor, Micah Hughes with Mundal Solutions Network. So Micah is a good friend of mine. He's a member of CityFam. We go back several years. And if you have any needs in real estate, you want to buy a home, you want to sell a home, you want to invest in real estate, Micah is your guy. He really loves people. He's in it for the right reasons. He genuinely wants to help people. He's an active member of the fam and our community and a big supporter of mine and the groups. And yeah, he'll take good care of you. So you can give Micah a call, 999-0495, or you can email him at micahughes at mundalconsulting.com. And I'll put the link here in the show notes. And stay tuned till the end of the episode, because I want to tell you about my Unleash the Best You course and community. Uh, It's a six-week online course that I put together designed to help you figure out your why. Uh, to really get clear about your destination so you can start making uh, the choices now to get yourself there. Okay, so without further ado, let's dive into our interview with Jimmy Rex. All right, today on the show, we have Jimmy Rex. Jimmy is most known for his career in real estate, where he has solidified himself over the last 15 years as one of the top agents in the country selling over 2,000 homes. He's also a popular speaker, and in 2019, Jimmy released his first book, and it immediately hit the bestseller list on Amazon in multiple categories. He created one of the top business podcasts, The Jimmy Rex Show, that has been listened to over 10 million times. He has visited over 60 countries, some where he worked undercover with the Child Liberation Foundation, helping find and rescue children all over the world that are being sex trafficked. Part of Jimmy's mission statement is to share love and bring happiness to others by being an example of living an extraordinary life. Welcome to Kowalski Analysis, Jimmy Rex. Hey, appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. Dude, that's quite a resume. Yeah, I'm, uh, I get bored easy, so I keep myself pretty entertained, you know? Yeah, same. I, I, that's exactly what happened for me when I rededicated my life to God. I was like, I got to do something with this energy. I used to use it for, you know, the wrong things, chasing girls. And then I was like, so I started going on mission trips. And I don't think I've been to 60 countries. But I've been to probably, I've probably been to about half that. I think I've been to about 30, all over Central and South America. Well, mostly Central. That's, a lot, of the, that's a lot of the best countries anyway. I just got back from Belize, actually. It was my 70th country now. I need to update my bio, but uh, <laughs> nice. I'm a traveler, man. I love to get out and see the world. Your, your entire view of people and humanity and race and everything <laughs> changes when you go and, and visit the world. So that's why I, I think it's so valuable to get out and do it. Hundred percent. I've been saying that lately with all these people, you know, protesting. I'm like, look, they need to travel a little bit. <laughs> they like they need to see how good they got it. Because the thing is, is there's millions of people every year waiting to get in America, and we're here and we're bitching about it. Like, I'm like, are you kidding? Well, it's, it's frustrating, you know. And I mean, you're familiar, obviously, with the stories from the Bible and all that. But it's like when man doesn't have a true enemy or true um, problems, they create them because we need this conflict in our lives, right? And unfortunately. It's been so good in America, it really has. And having been all over the world, I see this. And it's funny because if you just watch the news, you'd think that outside of the U.S. that we're looked down upon by the entire world. And it is still the exact opposite. Everybody, um, they can feel the freedom of, of expression we have, the freedom of choice, the freedom of thought that we have when we travel. And they want it so bad because they can't even have that. And it really is sad when you see like people the things that they're upset about nowadays and the things they're fighting over. And you're like, man, you just don't know how good we have it. But 
that's how the pride cycle works, man. People get into these ideas and, and they're going to create issues one way or another in their lives. And that's kind of what we've done with our country because we haven't had a true enemy since like Russia in the eighties, you know, or yeah. Iraq, I guess, but it is, it's really the cycle with prosperity. I mean, you see it over and over again in the old Testament when nations get prosperous, they turn, they go out and they do all this crazy stuff. Then they get, you know, they get punished, they fall into captivity or whatever. They turn back to God so it's like, yeah, I can kind of see how this is going for America for sure. But I've often thought, you know, like I haven't voiced this actually, but I was like, all these people that really are complaining and think that America sucks, you know, like instead of giving people money, you know, like reparations, let's do this. Buy them a plane ticket. Wherever you want, we'll send you, but you can't come back. Or you have to shut up, right? And be a, make a positive contribution. It's so if it's true. that bad, we'll, we'll send you anywhere you want to go, but you cannot come back. I mean, that, I think that would shut people up pretty quickly. Yeah, I remember when um, when Trump and Hillary were running last time. I'm a real estate agent, you know, by my, my day job and everything. And I made a billboard that said, moving to Canada, I'll sell your house. And I had a picture of the <laughs> two of them, you know. It's like, and I will admit, like, out of a country of over 300 million people, how the hell did we end up with these two the last couple of elections as, as the two choices? But at the end of the day... <laughs> It's like, it's so good here. And it, it's kind of funny. In the whole month of September, I decided to stay off social media. No Instagram, no Facebook scrolling. Um, and honestly, like everything was so good. Like I didn't, nobody was fighting over politics. There was, it didn't even seem like there was a pandemic. Like everybody was happy that I ran across. And I was like, wait, we just live in this false reality now that things are all shitty and they're not. I, I went to Portland a month and a half ago. And I was scared to go. I was like, man, that's, am I going to get jumped? Am I going to get caught up in this melee? It's the middle of the quote unquote riots, right? We got there and we were like, you know, the adventure side of me came out. I'm like, hey, let's go check it all out, you know? And because it was seemed pretty normal. And so we go down to the, the, the epicenter of all these issues and there was nothing wrong. Like there was nothing going on. It was crazy. We went out and got pizza in the middle of this whole thing. We're playing basketball outside. It was like, the news had made this thing look like World War Three, and honestly, it looked like a couple kids playing around with their friends. Like it was crazy. Like so, it, so crazy. Have you seen the Social Dilemma yet? I haven't yet because I I canceled my Netflix. Um, they have the <laughs> that thing came out with those little girls. That, yeah, yeah, and I just was like, being in the work that I am with, you know, child trafficking and everything else. Um, I decided to cancel my subscription. But I do need to like re-download it just so I can watch that and then. Can't it's exactly work. what you're saying though. We live in these bubbles and it's only going to get worse because, you know, like social media feeds you these stories and these ads and everything else. And you assume that everybody thinks like you because the algorithm, you get, you go deeper into these wormholes and then it just separates people more and more and, you know, very well could lead to a civil war, you know, which is crazy, but it is. Yeah. It's we'll see. I mean, something's got to happen. It's, you know, it's people are, getting pushed to the fringes, like you said, to the two sides by the news and the media and everything else. And so it'll be interesting, man. But you know what? Like, same thing as I was just saying, like, I just keep my house in order and all of a sudden life stays pretty good. Yeah. So I want to talk to you about your book, but I, just out of curiosity, what's your favorite country? Uh, I mean, I've been to so many, but you know what? I, I love the ones up north, uh, Ireland, uh, Scotland, and Iceland. Those three specifically are just magical, like the terrain. And I really love the outdoors. Mm -hmm. And, um, my favorite trip I've ever been on, though, was I went to Africa, went to some countries out there. Um, and Africa is just a new, it's just a different animal, man. Like we were sleeping out in the bush with lions 200 feet away. We had monkeys like flying over our heads. Like we were walking down the street one time and some 
traffic had to wait for some elephants to cross the load in Botswana. Um, it was pretty cool, man. It's pretty wild. And so I, I would say like, if I told people, if you can only go to one place, it's like your dream life vacation, go to Africa. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. But those countries up North, you can get there pretty quick. Like even right now they're open if you, you know, want to quarantine for 14 days. But um, so yeah, I, I love, I mean, there's so many countries though, all of them. Like I love, I love the poor countries, Cambodia, Vietnam, some of those countries are amazing, but I also love Hong Kong and London are amazing cities and, and it's just everything. It's, they all have their own uniqueness, which is, which makes it really fun. That's awesome. I, I Africa wasn't on the top, like probably on my short list, but recently been thinking more about, I connected with a pastor over there and he's talking about bringing me over uh, to, to speak. And I was, you know, I'm kind of getting excited about it. Cause I think the whole idea of a safari would be cool. I actually went to Scotland uh, earlier this year, first time I was ever, I flew through the UK last year, but I actually got to spend some time in England and I went to Scotland for, for a minute. It was beautiful. Um, I think my, if I had to say my favorite was, I, I have like a special connection to like Costa Rica and Nicaragua. I like it down there. I don't know what it yeah. is. It's just beautiful and expensive, you know, a lot of expats in Costa Rica. I think they say more expats in Costa Rica than any any other country in the world people have moved there because just because it's like chill and you know fairly cheap it's not as cheap as it used to be yeah but, yeah i love those countries so the book i wanted to talk to you about the book you end up where you're heading the hidden danger of living a safe life so i mean i love that title you know i love i think a lot of people use uh responsibility the the argument of responsibility to never go out and pursue their dreams. You know, they very well said they put, they try to play it safe and they never take a chance. And, you know, I often refer to the Bronnie Ware's book where she says the number one regret of the dying. I think it's the regrets of the dying is, is not living a life true to themselves. So they it's didn't not take the stuff they did. It's stuff they didn't do. Yeah. It wasn't even the stuff they failed at. It yeah. was the fact that they didn't even try. Yeah. So what, it, what are the, uh, why, why, is, why are taking risks important? Yeah, and you said it very well right there. Um, you know, the number one um, regret of the dying is the stuff they didn't try to do, the, the dreams that died within them, right? Because everybody has these ideas and everybody has these dreams. I've always been somebody that just went after it. Like whatever I wanted to do, I'd go do it. And I don't know where I came up with the confidence. I don't know why I'm wired the way I am. I'm so grateful for it because it's made my life so fruitful and so fun and so many experiences, so many relationships and things like that, that I've been able to have. And really to have a fulfilled life, you've got to have growth and contribution. You've got to have variety. You've got to have love and connection. And, and you've got to do these things that really light you up. It's what adds passion to life. I talked to people, I was almost all the time when I was growing up and I noticed the people that seemed miserable, they kind of settled into their lives. They would go to a nine to five, they'd come home, they'd sit there on their, you know, whatever. Like I'd go to my friend's house and see their dads and they'd come home from work and they just seemed miserable and they'd bitch about their boss. And they, you know, they were, it seemed like they were trying to escape something. And, and I just remember thinking like, I never want to be like that. And so ever since I was even a little kid, I just said, I'm going to go for my dreams. Like, and I, it's funny cause I have, now that I'm, you know, a little bit older, I have time to look back and all my friends that pursued their passions or pursued their dreams, they're super happy with where they're at. Even if it didn't work out exactly what they wanted, it led to something else that led to something else. And then I have these other friends that are just like, dude, I live vicariously through you. Like, I, you know, it's like they gave up on their own lives and I'm like, it's not too late to just go for it. But, um, you know, we, we think that settling is safe. Like I have a safe job. I have a, you know, a, a boss that, 
or I have a, a job that comes in every, I have a paycheck every two weeks, I have healthcare, whatever it might be. But the reality is we live in a world, I mean, coronavirus woke us up to this, that that can be stripped from you at any second. And, you know, I always would say to people, it's like, I don't want to put my, um, my life or the chance of what's going to become of me in somebody else's hands. I wanted to become the asset. Mm. And so I would go out there and, you know, experience life in all these different ways. So I know now, like if I, you know, didn't decide to do real estate or if I wanted to do something different, I could transfer so quickly to so many different things because I've, I've experienced life and I've been able to get that diversity. But ultimately it's all about, you know, don't live your life because of somebody else's expectations of what it should look like. And I think that's one of the mistakes a lot of people make. Their parents want to go into this or they, their wife or husband wanted to do this. And so that's what they do, but it's not true to themselves. And what's perfect for one person is another person's hell. It really can be. And so the book kind of helps you understand that like we can all be the hero of our own journey. We all have the option to do that. And it doesn't, it's not this crazy thing to be a hero of your life. You just have to, you know, follow these kind of, again, it's Joseph Campbell's the hero's journey, but you know, we have to cross the bridge and we have to go into the cave. We have to climb the mountain, do these hard things that lead to these advantages and, and all this beauty of life. That's awesome. A um, couple things people might not know about you. So you were, you were raised strict Mormon. And then, so you yeah. did the whole, the whole, what is it? Two years of service. You're out knocking on doors. Yeah. So I've lived in Mexico for two years, knocking doors for 10, 11 hours every single day. Okay. And then, and then you were, you transitioned, you were selling meat. Yeah, so I got back from that and I wanted to get a, I knew sales jobs paid the most. And so I'd just been knocking doors literally for two years. I was 10 or 11 hours a day on the doors. And so I said, well, I'll just go do door to door sales. That's easy enough. And yeah, I I interviewed with about 10 different places and this meat company, they taught me how it worked. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I could kill this. And I remember like I went out the first day I made over $300, you know, in like literally an hour and a half. And it changed my whole life because I realized my worst case scenario in life was going to be making six figures selling meat door to door. And all of a sudden my mind just expanded. I was like, Oh my gosh. Cause when you're a kid, you want to make money. You want to be successful when you're older. You don't know how it's going to look. And the day I figured out like my worst case was that um, it really um, lit me up because I knew I was going to, I was going to have a a very interesting life and be able to have money and do some of those things. That's funny. You're like, who said, who says door to door sales will be easy. (laughs) This will be easy. Um, yeah, well, well, it was funny because all the other work guys working were like, it sucks. We got to go out for four or five hours a day. I'm like, wait, what? I was just going 11 hours a day and like selling Jesus, which is much harder <laughs> than selling steak. But yeah, like it was a funny kind of transition. And I would go out for eight, nine, 10 hours. I'd just go till I sold my entire amount. I didn't go till, you know, like most guys would go a few hours. And anyway, to me, that was so easy. I'm like, this is fun. This is easy. Right. I was trying to really kind of get into the, the your mindset for like, because I think people are going to hear this and they're going to be like, okay, that all sounds great. Chase your dreams, you know, don't play it safe, blah, blah, blah. How do like, how does it work? How do you take the first step? I know for me, like I had to be willing to make some really hard decisions on my standard of living, you know, because I was making decent money as a promoter. I was conflicted because of my relationship with God. So I just had to, you know, be willing to say, I, I don't know how this is going to work out and really downsize my you know, like I, I actually live in a place even still where I can live for free because it was a guy I went to high school with because I was so committed to the, the call I got on my life and it didn't really, I hadn't figured out how to monetize it. So I, you know, was like willing to do whatever it took as far as my standard of living. So I'm just curious, like for you, it didn't sound like you had to make those decisions because you were already, you're making money selling meat, then you transition into real estate. What was that like? 
Well, we all have. So what you're describing is what we call the action plan, essentially. It's like, how are you going to make it happen? And the biggest mistake that people make is not knowing their why, because the why is the driver for everything. So you said, how do you make those decisions or how do you even get started? Well, you figure out why you want to live that life. Like, and then the second step goes together with the why is the what. Like, what do you want your life to look like? And it's funny because when I coach people, the first question I ask him is I say, if everything went right in your life for the next five years, what would your life look like? Like everything goes right. What would your life look like? And most people have no idea what that looks like. And so that's the first step. And, um, you know, it's like a map basically that people have of their life. And most people have never decided to sit down and actually map out where they want to go. That's why the book's called you end up where you're heading. Cause if you haven't decided where you're going, you're going to end up in that place. Like it's nowhere. And so, but the people that really have success in this life, they've gotten very, very detailed and a lot of clarity on what it is they want in their life. So once you got the detail of what you want, like I mapped this out, what I wanted my perfect life to look like. And I don't say this to try to like impress you or to brag or whatever else, but my life looks exactly like I wanted it to. Like it really does. Like I have brought this thing into existence because I got very clear. I took hours and days Every single year I do this, at the end of the year, I do a review of the year and then I figure out exactly what I want my life to look like in a year from now. And I get very detailed. I, I mean, I spent, I'll write seven or eight pages of stuff and then I get very clear, like, okay, if this is what I want. Now, the second biggest step is why do I want that? And you have to have a lot of whys. You gotta come up with a lot of reasons why. And some of those whys you might not even know. Like when I was building my business, when I was first starting out trying to make money and all those things, I wasn't, um, I wasn't like, I didn't have this like, clarity i didn't have the surety that i was going to make it i didn't know for sure that i was going to one day achieve all these things and i did it anyway i did it not knowing that i was going to and that's kind of the key is like you don't have any guarantees and it feels like you're never going to get there like i remember every single time i got up i got knocked back down it was like the universe was like hey do you really want this like do you really want this though and then i just kept pushing and kept pushing through the real estate crash and you know, like the meat thing was really good money, but then I lost 120 grand. My partner stole all of our money. And, and then every time I got ahead, I was getting my butt kicked and getting, you know, smashed back down. And so eventually you finally get to over the cliff and you're like, oh my gosh. But then the fun part is on the way back, you get to give it all back. You get to, you know, give out and you do charity work and help other people and mentor others and all that. And then you realize like, oh, I'm ready for the next mountain. And then it just starts over again, because that's the growth aspect that we need to keep doing but that's kind of how it works. And so like people get caught up in the, like, oh, I don't know what I, how I'm going to accomplish this. The key is to just go, like get it started. You know, that's what I, when I first started my podcast, um, the first couple episodes were awful. I didn't know what I was doing. I was trying to bless my heart, but I had some amazing guests and little by little, I started building this up to now we get between 20 to 50,000 listeners per episode. Wow. Um, three years in 250 episodes. And, and I can get, you know, I've interviewed the who's who of my, area my state uh, all the top business leaders politicians athletes everybody in between and it's been really fun to kind of watch it happen but you know that was an example i go back and i almost deleted the first episodes i'm so embarrassed they're literally terrible the audio quality and some of these other things my questions i keep cutting off the guest and i didn't know what i was doing but there's i decided to leave it because you can kind of trace it now and see like wow this is really cool what's become of it from where it was and that's how it is with anything that's how it is with any career you want to get into any relationship um, it's like working out if you want to get your body in shape. And nowadays, one of the cool things about 2020 is we know how to be successful. Like it's out there. The information's been given. If you want to be successful in business, there's a hundred books that have nailed it. If you want to be successfully 
uh, in shape. There's a million books that you can go to or influencers you can follow. Like when I was in college, I legit thought eating granola bars and mac and cheese was healthy. I thought that because that to me was healthy food, like in cereal, right? Like yeah. I had no idea what I was doing to myself. But nowadays, all the info is there. It's just a matter of wanting to go and do it or actually putting yourself out there and doing it. And that's the hard part, right? Is the is the actual day after day Discipline. consistently doing the plan, working the plan. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's where I would say to people to start is get that clarity. And by the way, you're going to have really hard days. Like Sundays just suck. And it's the, the why has to be big enough that on the days you don't feel like doing it, you're still going to go do it because your why is big enough and your why right. matters. And so if you get enough clarity around the why, those days don't affect you and those weeks or months don't affect you when they don't go well. And you'll eventually break through and get to what you want. Man, I agree with everything that you said, dude. Like everything that like you were talking about, you know, just getting started. I was thinking about the verse, do not despise the day of small beginnings. Everything starts small. Gary Vaynerchuk, if you look at, he's like, look at my first video from Wine Library. He's like, I looked like I was like a hostage, you know, like the quality is so bad. So you have to just get started and, and be faithful with a few things and God will make you ruler over much, right? So you have to do your best with whatever little you have now, and then it'll expand. But, you know, a lot of people don't like that because they want to start big. Um, even like when you were talking, I thought about like the Steve Harvey. I don't know if you've ever seen that jump video where he talks about your parachute's not going to open right away. I mean, Tyler Perry, same thing. If you look at his story, he was he was broke, dude, for like, I want to say five to 10 years, just giving it everything. Homeless at one point, even. I mean, Steve Harvey was homeless. And it's the same exact story. Everybody goes through the same thing. And it's, and it's the universe or God, you know, really. God's sure. testing you saying, how bad do you want it? You know? Do you yeah. really want it? And that's why you're like you said, the why has to be strong enough because if it ain't strong enough, you'll quit. Yep, that's exactly right. I think that that's, it's like, thankfully, God universe is, is loving us enough to not just give us something without us working for it. And that's kind of to go back to the, what we kind of started with, like people that are bitching about their situation in life right now, um, you know, that want all this free stuff. It's like, that's going to only cover the base 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 of your um needs for happiness it's that first level of survival that's it because you have to earn something to get the self-confidence you have to work for it to get that you know that sense of accomplishment that that is what brings you to the next level of fulfillment and happiness and so congratulations like you can get your basic things covered but trying to think that your issues will be solved by somebody else or by which politician wins. It's just a, it's a scary game and run from anybody that tells you, you need somebody else to help you um, get those needs met because you don't, you just need to take control of your own life. And the second you do that, you're going to let the universe know you're serious about it. And that's when things start to go in your way, but you, you don't get that self-accomplishment. You don't get that self-esteem, that, that confidence that only comes when you go out and achieve something, when you go out and earn something, and so it's the same thing in this life. Like nobody's going to get to that success level without going through the grind in one way or another. Like you can inherit some money, you can, but that's fine. But you're never going to get that feeling of like, oh my gosh, like I did this and there's nothing better. There's no better feeling than when you know, because of your hard work, you brought something about. Yeah. I, lo I love the saying, the only, the only way is through, you know, like you can't go around it. You have to go through it. You know, every, I, I often quote, uh, you know, reference the, story of the Israelites in the Old Testament and how they were in Egypt and they, you know, God want to take them to the promised land. They had to go through the wilderness though. Like everybody has to go through, you cannot get there any other way. Whatever your promised land is, you have to go through it. You could be working a great job, making six figures, 
you're still in Egypt. You got your security. You know when you're in Egypt. You can feel it. Like you're a slave. You're you're using football and beer and whatever else to escape reality because you hate Monday through Friday. And like to live the dream life, like you're saying, a life by design, you got to go through that wilderness period. Yeah, in the book we call we call that the threshold guardian, right? Like there's this thing you can't go around it. You you, you got to go right through it. And yeah, it's one of the chapters of the book that really explains really well um, how you do that. Yeah, dude, I can't wait to read it. Um, so what inspired you to write it? Um, so I hit I had all these really cool experiences with friends, and as I started kind of going through my podcast and I realized I've had a very interesting life, but I'm not like, I'm like, I'm not going to write a biography. Like I'm not worthy of my own biography, but I want to share my stories. But at the same time, um, I wanted to kind of teach some principles through it. And I, as I was doing my podcast, I kept interviewing these amazing people, like some of the most amazing people in the world. And everyone kind of had these same stories of how they had kind of lived this exceptional life. And almost every single time, in fact, every single time, they had chosen this path that seemed unsafe. Like they quit their safe job with the guy, like Tim Ballard, for example, who's the founder of Operation Underground Railroad. He quit a safe job with the government so that he could form this organization to go help rescue kids that are being sex trafficked. Um, James Lawrence, who is known as the Iron Cowboys, another guy I highlight in the book, he, uh, he was a loan officer and he was just kind of getting by or doing his thing and he was actually fine, but he was like not lit up at all about life. Well, he quit that and became the Iron Cowboy, and he did 50 Ironmen in 50 states in 50 days. Probably the most amazing physical accomplishment ever done by man. How long? 50 what? In 50 days. He did a new state every day for 50 Holy days. crap. Yeah, I mean, the dude is just, you should, his story is amazing. But, um, and, you know, uh, Jordan, uh, uh, you know, this buddy of mine, and he, he was the youngest kid, uh, Romero, the youngest kid to ever summit the seven highest peaks on each continent, and the youngest kid to ever do Everest. He'll always be the youngest kid to ever do Everest because they don't even let kids that young do it anymore. And he just was this kid just living life and doing his thing. And all of a sudden he got inspired and decided he wanted to do something great. Um, and so I, I've been able to interview these different people. And I was like, man, I need to share these stories. And they all kind of fit. I've been studying my buddy Cameron, who's like my best buddy. He, uh, he and I had been talking about Joseph Campbell. He was, he's a student of you know philosophy and, and Maslow and, and Joseph Campbell at the hero's journey, all this. He goes, dude, and he actually, it's funny you said Costa Rica because he worked, he was a VP of Google and he kind of retired essentially. He's like, I have enough money to not have to work if I don't want. Moved with his family to Costa Rica to be chill. And, but he's not a chill guy. And he was like going crazy. And he's like, bro, I need a project to work on. I'm like, well, dude, let's do a book. And um, so we put it together. And, um, you know, a year later, um, uh, we had our book and it's been awesome. Man. It's been fun to watch. I, you know, it's a lot of people have taken to it very quickly. It's on Audible as well, which has been really helpful. I wanted to do that because I know how many people listen to books nowadays. So I went and recorded that. And But it was just, that's how it came about. I just had all these experiences. I was like, I need to share this. There's a path here. There's a, a way for people to live an extraordinary life. And that's one of the missions of, that's part of my mission statement for my life is to help people live an extraordinary life. And so that was why the book um, made perfect sense. Yeah, no, I, lo- I loved your mission statement actually. And it reminded me of, um, it was like a, a sermon I heard, you know, basically, because your, your mission statement said to share love and bring happiness to others by being an example of living an extraordinary life. And I had heard a sermon where it talked about, you know, where Jesus commands us to go out and make disciples, but something in the word make, it was basically to cause people to want to be disciples. 
It wasn't like make them like, you know, like the crusades or whatever, like, hey, you're going to accept Jesus. No, it's by your life that they could see it and go, man, I want that. And I, and honestly, it resonates so much with me because it's like, that's what I've tried to do is like, I want to make Christianity as attractive as possible to people so that they go, man, that's what I want. Uh, you know, like, yeah, people don't get changed by arguing with it. People don't get changed by um, you telling them what they should change to people only change when they're inspired to change. There's people change when the pain of staying the same is more than the pain of changing, but that pain of changing is huge for people to overcome. But if you can show them the reward is this, you know, then that's where change happens. And so exactly like you said, um, I've always wanted to inspire people through my example, not through, you know, telling people this is what you need to do. And so I really love to just experience life and all of its levels. And, and that's, to me, that's how you really influence change. Yeah, man, that's awesome. So let's talk to me a little bit about the, uh, the work that you've done with Child Liberation Foundation. So when, when was your first trip with those guys? Yeah, so there's a couple of different groups. So we're, we're part of a group. There's basically, there's four of us um, on this team and um, we don't work directly with any of the groups. We kind of work with all of them, but essentially whether it was Operation Underground Railroad or Child Liberation Foundation is the one now, essentially heard about this op, like what they were doing, this mission, what they were doing to go and rescue kids that are being sex trafficked. And I just wanted to be a part of it. I'm very good at getting in the room if I really want to be there kind of thing. And so I just kept adding value until eventually they're like, okay, let's get this guy out on and up. And started doing that. And I became part of this group that would go do it. And I had the chance to go 11 different times to be a part of an op in one way or another um, and rescue over 100 kids. And um, essentially, yeah, there's, I mean, there's literally millions of kids in trafficking today. And um, it's one of those things that it's very hard for people to talk about or to listen to. They don't want to believe it. Um, and, but, you know, we went and we saw firsthand some of these issues that were going on and were able to be part of some of these rescues. And it's been pretty awesome, man. It's been probably the most rewarding thing I've ever done. And um, it's something I'll be a part of in one way or another for the rest of my life. And um, it's been really cool to just kind of, and it's the, it's finally getting the awareness that's always kind of needed, which has been yeah. really cool. I remember the first time I heard about it, I'm like, wait, what? That's like right. a thing. That's a thing, right? Now it seems like, you know, it's really good. It's, and there's a lot of misinformation, if I'm being honest, around it. But the bottom line is, is it's definitely a huge issue going on every day. Like, you know, Costa Rica has hotels that are like dedicated to this very thing. Like, it's pretty sad. Like, we actually can't do any ops there because the government doesn't work with us. And so wow. we have to have top cover and, you know, they want to fix the yeah. issues and things like that. But so yeah, I think prostitution's cool. legal there, actually. I want to it say is, and they don't really police the ages and things like that very well. So that's why it's a huge issue in Costa Rica. But yeah, yeah, man, it's been awesome. It's been one of the rewarding things of my life. And I just, one of the cool things about joining a cause like that is you join other people that are behind the cause like that. And so my, the guys I've been able to be around, the friends, these are my brothers now, you know, um, some of these guys like Paul Hutchinson, who's the founder of uh, Child Liberation Foundation and Andy McCubbins and uh, Jeremy Nevis, some of these dudes, Sean Whalen, that are just, they're my brothers now. And it's, it's really been an amazing thing. And um, it's created one of the coolest, uh, we just have this tribe now of people just, our goal is just to go do good. And, right. you know, I have a tattoo. I just got my first tattoo on my arm. It says, we are the they. And what it means is after one of these ops, I'll tell a quick story. After one of these ops, I went on, I came home and the girl I was dating at the time, cause it was a pretty scary op. We were in some alleyways and we didn't know if we were going to get out of there and some different things. And, um, we ended up taking down, um, this dude that was a really evil dude. And he had an organization around it. And I was telling the story to my girlfriend. She's like, she pulled over her car and she said, Hey, um, 
I don't want you to go do this anymore. Like it's super dangerous and it's just a terrible environment and stuff. And I was like, well, I know, but I've been called to this. This is like part of my life's mission now. And she goes, I know, but why can't they just go do it? And without even thinking, I just said, there is no they, we are the they. Yeah. And when it came out, I was just like shivers down my spine. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's going to be my life's motto now. And so, you know, we don't wait for other people to step up. Like when you hear of an injustice going on or something's not right, like we don't complain about it on the internet. You know, we step up and do something about it. We are the they. And so that's like my life motto now. And that's what I live by. That's our groups. You know, we really try to take the lead anytime we see an injustice, especially with children or anything like that, that we can help. That's awesome. Have you seen the movie Machine Gun Preacher? Uh, no, I've heard about it. I've not seen it. <laughs> it reminds me of that. Like, so I think it's Gerard Butler, but at the end it was in Africa, but you know, he goes over there, he's like a biker or something and he's rescuing kids. And have you ever, have you ever had to shoot anybody on any of these missions? No, we don't have guns. Um, our whole cover is just that they don't know, like we partner with the local federal police or whoever it is. And sure. then um, they come in and do all that stuff. But no, we've had, there's been, groups that have had guns pulled on them um the scariest i ever had was um we were in an alleyway in mexico somewhere and the dude had his gun right here and he had his bodyguards he had a perimeter set and we were discussing the price per kid and the party and and he wasn't happy with us and um but our whole cover was that we just kept that conversation moving and and eventually you know he thought we were there to get kids and so um, it worked out, but no, if we had guns, it would actually probably be more dangerous for us because, uh, it wouldn't make sense. Like, and it's very yeah. difficult to get a gun into a foreign country. Yeah. As well. I didn't understand the dynamics. So you guys are posting that you're, 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 uh, you know, positioning yourself as John's. I wasn't right. sure if you were like going in and like kicking doors open or something. No, no, we're literally the bait. Yeah. We're the, <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I know Tebow's real big into that cause right now. I've seen a lot of his stuff. Have you ever met him? I haven't. No, no, there's a lot of, and thankfully there's a lot of groups that actually work in this. That's one of the reasons why I don't really say that I'm part of any one group I've worked with. Again, I've worked years ago with operation Underground railroad. I work currently with child liberation foundation. We work with a couple other groups that don't really let their names be known, but there's a lot of things going on and you know, it's fun to be a small part of it um, because there's so many people doing so much work in it. It's really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. I was listening to an interview you did or someone interviewed you and you were talking about taking your mask off. Can you explain what that means? Yeah, I did a YouTube video that went viral. got a couple million views on that. That's probably what you're referring to. It's called Take Off Your Mask. And yeah. I kind of played on the whole idea of like people wearing their masks or not right now. It's a big controversy. And, you know, and so, um, but what I was referring to is we wear this mask, right? Like we all do it. I do it. Um, try not to, but, you know, like the more we can be vulnerable and authentic and in integrity all the time, the greater our lives are going to be. And so, every time you feel like you're doing something that feels authentic, your soul knows and it's going to fight you on it. And um, you're stealing yourself a little bit from what your true identity is supposed to be. And so um, the whole idea behind taking off your mask is, is letting the world like, you know, people nowadays, I use an example in the video where I say like, everyone wants to wear Gucci belts and Jordan shoes. It's like, these are other people's names. These are like other people's identities. And it's like stepping to your own identity and, and really own who you are. And it's the hardest thing I think for people to do. I've been working on it a lot lately and, and you know, I have a long ways to go myself, but I'm just trying to like, we live in this world where we think we're going to be shamed if we, you know, talk about the vulnerable things in our life. And um, 
but it's the opposite. Anytime mm -hmm. somebody really opens up their soul, you love them so much more. And the few times I've been able to do this very well, open up to groups about my own insecurities or things that worry me or fears that I have or um, things that, you know, keep me up. And you, you're afraid to say it because like, I have this, people have this idea of me, this impression of me and you share them and all of a sudden um, they love you so much more and you feel so much closer. And it's like, why don't we do this more, you know? And so that's kind of the whole point of that where I'm going with all that stuff, trying to help people to, to get to that spot. Yeah, man. It's, I was on my last episode, I was talking with a guy named Kevin Palmieri. I don't know if you know him. I'm I not don't. sure. He's, he might be in some of the same circles as you, but he, you know, he was addicted to porn and he's pretty open about it. You know, talked about how his girlfriend broke up with him because he's sex drive. He could, you know, he had no sex drive because of bodybuilding or whatever. So he's really transparent guy. And I've tried to be pretty transparent myself. And I was like, it's, it's amazing how like the enemy, the devil has convinced us that our sin is very, so unique, right? Cause he, that's what keeps us quiet is cause we yeah, think it's oh, like, gosh. it's not okay not to be okay. You know? Yeah. And it's like, it really is like, when you really get when anytime you get one on one with people and you can get in vulnerable state, you all have there's no new fears like we all have the same things or the same issues. And it's really cool when you expose yourself because, you know, um, evil festers in the dark or, you know, in shame and all those things that festers in the dark when you bring things to the light, all of a sudden you can fix it and you get so much more lovable, right? Yeah. Like people are like, Oh, I don't need to like, feel insecure on this guy he just let me know that he has some of the same issues i have now i can relax myself and i can open up to him and we can just love each other and put this mask off it's really cool yeah it's, I, I always think about the uh last scene of eight mile when eminem comes out and he's you know he basically takes all the bullets out of the other guy's gun where he says okay yeah i live in a trailer park and yeah you slept with my girl and whatever and the guy's like he has nothing to say anymore because he already said it about himself and it, it, it's like it's so endearing when somebody can just say Hey, uh, you know, I'm struggle, struggling with this, you know, versus trying to put on, put on the mask. So I, I totally get it. Um, so I, I, I'm a big believer that, you know, like obvious success is just a lot. Uh, your habits attribute to your success. It's really just the culmination of your daily habits. Uh, I've heard you talk a little bit about that. So I'm just curious, what are you doing on a day in a day and day out basis right now? Yeah, I mean, I think show me somebody's habits and I'll show them the quality of their life, right? Like your future is going to be determined by the habits that you have today. And so it's funny because like if I ever get in a slump, I, I slack off on a few of my main habits. It's about two weeks later, I start to feel and I'm like, ah, man, I don't like this. And it's immediately when I feel like I'm in a slump, I know I literally write down and I say, okay, which of my things am I not doing, right? This self-love stuff. And um, it's, it's prayer. Um, it's talking to God, you know, it's meditation or whatever you want to do with that. It's working out. It's physical. It's, it's going to the gym. And then it's, it's what you're eating. Like, what am I taking in? Is, am I filling my body with sugar or healthy things or what am I doing? Um, um, and then it's, you know, it's having a good, um, sleeping pattern. Are you taking your phone to bed and falling asleep to a movie or are you, you know, getting in there, um, you know, spending that time, getting in a good mindset and getting some deep sleep going. Are you waking up on time? Or are you sleeping in and kind of feeling like your days behind before you even started? Um, I think just pretty basic things. Like I tried not to overcomplicate it because there's so many of these like personal help self guru guys that are just like so stringent. 5 a.m. club. I interviewed Robin Sharma on my podcast. I love him, but I'm not a 5 a.m. club kind of guy. Um, Hal Elrod, Miracle Morning, same love thing. Love that book. On my podcast. And 
same thing. I can't do that. Um, or I'm not willing to do that because of the way I want to live. Um, you know, uh, Grant Cardone, I had him on my podcast and he's like, no, never enough. Right. Like you're 10 X everything. And I'm just like, I don't believe that. Like you've got, you know, get very goal oriented into the sense that like have a vision for what you want, but then give yourself the latitude to go about and get it the right way. Like you have to do certain things. Like I have to schedule my prospecting time. I have to schedule my lead follow-up time for work. Those are my most important things. But then I have to schedule in my family time. Like, where am I going to go visit my family or do things with my friends and, and things like that? And so I, I'm not so stringent. I just believe there's certain things that you need to get done every day. And if you're the kind of person that um, wants to get them done first thing in the morning, that's going to be your best chance. But if you're not, schedule it out. Like, where can you do it? Do you need to take a 20-minute break at your work? Call it a mindset break and go meditate or go read something positive. Fill the funnel with something good. Um, so those are the habits, the little things definitely, um, you know, I, I heard the other day is something was like, if you're not sure what you want to be, if you're not sure where you want your life to go, get very detailed on where you don't want it to go or what, who you don't want to be Write that down and then say, okay, if I'm, and then like start to attach your identity to it. I'm not a person that lies. I'm not a person that's lazy. I'm not a person that gets fat. I'm not a person that is broke. Okay, so if I write down all these things, then I go, okay, well, what do I need to do then? What habits do I need to put into my life to make sure I don't become what I don't want to be? And then I wouldn't focus on that anymore. I would switch it and say, okay, here's what I want to be. And then I would envision that and every day do my affirmations and really try to push to become that. Yeah, that's awesome, man. To so make a plan, work the plan. What are you excited yeah. about right now? What are you working on? Um, I'm excited about this election to be over. I'll be honest, just because so many people are, uh, no, I'm excited. You know what? I'm excited to see what, um, I'm excited to see how this helps everybody, all this 2020, the weirdness and everything. And it's funny because people are like, oh, 2020, it's like, well, it's not just going to end at 2021. So I hope people are getting their house in order now, but I'm excited to see how things go from here. Like, I think so often we like, oh boy, doom and gloom is coming but I'm excited to see how this affects people in positive ways. I'm excited to see in my own life um, how it helps me be a better person, better, you know, in every aspect, every role that I play. Um, but man, I'm excited to get past the coronavirus too. But if it doesn't, you know what? I'm excited to make the changes that I need to, to um, thrive in the coronavirus. But um, I love to travel. I love live events. I just went to the playoffs and a college football game last weekend for the first time. And um, I'm excited to get back to that stuff. I'm excited to go be with people in concerts and events and yeah. um, all those things yeah. because there's a human connection that's needed. And, you know, people have never been lonelier than they are society in 2020. They're just not like between everything going on and just the internet and the way it's affected our lives and phones. And so I'm excited to reconnect with all the people in my life and to, I'm kind of, I'm kind of this place now where I'm not ramping up my life as much right now as I'm actually like, instead of going wide, I'm trying to go deep. And I'm most excited probably for that to see what that brings. Nice. So you're not basically, you're not taking on new things. You're just trying to strengthen the things you already got going on. Well, and, I, and I'm trying to quit certain things or like, the, you know, I've always my whole life gone as, as wide as I can, been with as many people as I can, experiencing as many things as I can. And now I'm like, you know what, let's go deeper. Let's maybe hang out with less people, but go deeper with them. Let's go to less places, but maybe spend more time in, immersing myself in that situation or um instead of trying to read 100 books a year let's read 10 but let's really get into 10 books like let's study the hell out of these 10 books so like stuff like that is i think what i mean that's cool yeah i think i've always been a wide person myself yeah. so tell, where can people find you 
Yeah, the easiest way to get a hold of me is on Instagram. Mr. Jimmy Rex is my Instagram handle. Um, I do answer any DMs that are like a real thing, um, not just like a hey or whatever. Um, and then uh, if you want to check out my podcast, it's called The Jimmy Rex Show. And if you're looking to buy the book, just go to Amazon and type in Jimmy Rex. And I promise you'll love it. It's in Audible, Amazon. Um, really proud of the book. It's been, people, people have been loving it. So that's awesome. Yeah. Make sure you guys leave a review, five star review when you're over there, whether for the book or the podcast. But hey, man, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate you taking the time to join us. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks, Rob. I look forward to connecting and having you on my podcast. Absolutely. All right, my man. Okay. Wow. That was a great episode. So let me tell you now before I go about Unleash the Best You, a six week online course and community that I created. And it was based off of all the uh, high performance coaching classes and, and programs that I went through over the last 10 years that really helped me get very clear about what I was on, a, on this earth to do. And it helped me set up my life that I was able to achieve those things. I think a lot of people out there, you know, will listen to this episode and they'll think to themselves, well, you know, that's great that they found it, but I don't even know what I'm here for. I don't know what my purpose is. Well, this course is going to help you figure it out. And then not only is it going to help you find what it is, it's going to help you learn how to schedule your, your days, your weeks, and your months, how to keep those things in front of you so that they actually happen. Because, you know, if you know what it is, but you don't know how to make it happen, that'll just frustrate you. So I really want to help you figure that out. It's $97. It's 100% money back guaranteed. We actually just launched the course today. Uh, our, our last round launched today at midnight. So you could jump in it now. Otherwise, you'd have to wait uh, till the beginning of December in order to get in. But uh, again, it's, it's producing really amazing changes in people's lives. And I'd be happy to, uh, you know, tell you more about it. If you wanted to know, you can send me an email, Robert City Fam, or you could just go to unleashthebest.com and you can sign up for it today. Um, actually, registration closed, so you'll have to email me if you want, if you want to get in this round. See you guys next week. Bye.